0: This is a tripod broadcast. You are listening to Hooked on Outdoors podcast, where we discuss everything hunting, fishing, and anything outdoors with your hosts, Brett, Corey, and Rick. Hello, outdoor enthusiasts. Today, we are going to do episode 044. Zero four. Our topic is going to be snagging. That entails mostly paddle fish, but other fish are caught using this method. Mostly carp. That's been our luck. The carp that we catch are silver and big head, they're worthless. But uh, before we dive deep in this conversation, let's just go around and see how everybody's weekend went. Okay.
1: I worked Saturday. Don't normally work weekends, so that was a bummer. Uh, kind of plan to do some yard work this nice weather we had, but that didn't happen. That That's usually how every spring goes. I have all these intentions to clear out branches and trees and burn a bunch of stuff. I haven't got there yet, but I will probably.
0: <laughs> probably. Very, very promising. Very,
1: very probably. And then Saturday night, what did
0: I do Saturday night? Barbecue,
1: right? Oh yeah, I went to a barbecue. How was that, by the way? Uh, delicious. We... Uh, Buddy Jordan, he did like a Chuck roast for like four hours Mm. on the Traeger. If you guys don't have a Traeger, get one or know somebody that has one because they are awesome. I happen to know someone that has one. I know two people that has them. I love mine. That's one of the best gifts I've ever gotten. I love it. But anyway, he cooked that. We had a little get-together. Um, yeah, that was pretty well it for Saturday. And then Sunday we all went frisbee golfing,
0: frisbee golfing indeed,
1: or disc golf. Yeah. I think it's actually called disc golf, right? Yeah. Disc Is golf, the, uh, frisbee
2: golf, disc golf, I don't know what the, the hard chargers call it probably disc golf. So Rick, how was your weekend? About the same. Uh, weekend was decent. Saturday, my wife was in Chicago. Uh, men uh well, <laughs> have you seen men's conference the women's conference that she was at Makes uh, more sense. hung out with you brett yeah that was a fun day had a barbecue at the end Corey came over for a little bit before he went to his barbecue mm-hmm. and then had a great time out at the park on sunday
0: yeah um my saturday started out like corey's i had to go into work because i was on call and had to deal with issues and then uh, my wife said i'm gonna take peyton to my parents and they're gonna watch her and we're gonna hang out i'm gonna hang out with some friends and go to this makeup shop and spend hours and hours there and spend tons of money so i said all right i'm gonna see what rick's doing and then so that's what we did saturday we just hung out reminisced like we usually do talk about days of old and then yep. sunday
2: and a delicious burger saturday night though yes those i were, have to say those we, are good uh,
0: I grilled up some mean burgers. Ricky had the great idea to butter and uh, toast, toast the buns. The buns. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. That was...
2: Uh... Melted the cheese. Mm, it was... That sounds pretty good. No, it was delicious. No, it was... And we it just used good. the the Sam's Sam's Club frozen patties that have the cheddar and bacon in them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Like the, are the Angus patties with mm-hmm. the
0: cheddar They bacon? stay their size. They those keep are... the
1: juices in. Yeah, those are really good.
0: Yeah. I buy those a lot. For now. pre-made patties, they're the best out there. Mm-hmm. Yep,
2: they were yeah, delicious. That's a,
0: that's a good burger.
2: Yeah, I know Sam's. They also have a pork burger that has Swiss cheese in them. Those are delicious too. Sounds good. I don't yeah. think I've
0: ever had that one. I have not myself.
2: When I say burger, I mean pork patty. Well, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I think <laughs> we it's all a got it. <laughs> it's a true hamburger. Well, it's a
1: hamburger. Yeah, a true hamburger is ham. Ham yeah, touche. Burger. Why do we call it a hamburger if it's a beef. burger burger, a beef, beef, burger. beef burger, a beef burger?
0: There are many questions that have no answer. Yeah. And then it, I ended my weekend playing Frisbee golf. Um, and how did, how did that play out? You guys think we played 11 holes with kids, with children. Neither one of us have played for probably four or five years. I'm guessing. For me easy. Yeah. I'm- yeah.
1: Yeah, I played once last year, but With. I don't know if I... Yeah, I mean, it was about the same outing as yesterday where I can't throw straight to save my life. I
0: can I can throw fairly straight. I have zero
2: distance. I can't throw straight or distance, so it's...
0: <laughs> 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 but at the end of the day, Corey, what was your final score? 11 holes. Uh, plus Uh 11. So, bogeyball, as they call it, I yep. think, in
2: golf. It was plus 12.
0: And I was in third place of the men. 13. 13,
2: I
1: think, yeah.
0: But we also didn't
1: count out of bounds.
2: We so. did not. So I'd be like plus 70, probably. Yeah.
0: If we did, yeah. I would be the winner. Because <laughs> yeah, they stayed, you stayed in, in the fairway. I OB'd <laughs> the least amount. Yeah. I OB'd <laughs> at every least one a hole, yeah. For me. Definitely. I think Brittany finished in last at 20 points. And then Emily was, I guess, fourth. I should have said Emily first, but Emily had 18, I think. She mm-hmm. ended the round. Which, I mean... Not terrible. No. yeah,
1: The fairways are really narrow. They are narrow. And the grass is very tall, and thankfully it's dead still.
0: So it was easy to find the... Yeah, discs. we
2: can't go there during the summer.
1: We're going We're gonna to lose
2: a
0: lot. Yeah. I think there's another park that's Quail Ridge or something that's supposed to be... Better maintain. Where th- you not propose maintained. there's
2: a nice course down there too. Don't want the ducks. Is that the oh, same yeah. place, O'Fallon? No yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there was a golf course or a Frisbee golf course. There is. Hmm. Anyway, so we'll uh, kind of segue or try to into our main topic. Um, this week's topic is snagging, as I said. We've at least a decade's worth of experience, although we don't get to do it consistently, but we have improved our craft over the years. I'd say starting out, we were pretty primitive. Our efforts were, I mean, we, we didn't Google or YouTube any of this stuff. We just kept messing with things. And, yep. uh, you know, I would say we just kind of figure things out on our own. So do we want to talk about our first experiences? Does anybody want to chime in?
2: Yeah, I'll go first. If, uh, no one wants to go. Have at it. So yeah, my uh, first snagging experience was September of 2011. Uh, I had been... I didn't really do a whole lot of uh, river fishing or even really any pond fishing at that point. But our buddy Sky, who sadly has to work again tonight, he's he's been busy with the whole uh, cold weather going on. So they're picking up. It's warm. But he encouraged us to come down to the river and do some snagging. I never heard of it. So I was like, whatever. I just wanted to be with the guys. We go down there, kind of shows me the rope. Never thrown a baitcaster in my life. Finally did the first baitcaster, got it down. Did you burn your thumb? I burnt my thumb. Well, I don't know because he had he had been fishing, I think, before us. So I think the, the – I was actually going to talk about that later on. But uh, he had, had it basically ready to go and just threw the first cast in after I figured it out after a couple times. And I snagged the very first cast, I snagged a, at least a 25-pound – Uh, carp and that was uh from that moment yeah it was uh it was on and uh like i said in the last couple podcasts i think the next day or sometime that week we went out and we we bought snagging stuff
1: yeah i think it was the snagging special wasn't it yeah best had? yeah
0: um for all of it's like 40
2: dollars, you get a reel and a nice a nice size pole so
0: so of all the years i've known ricky which is entire life I've never imagined him purchasing fishing gear because <laughs> when we were younger, we'd go to Montauk and Corey and I would get up and his brother Pat and Ricky would be like, oh, well, I forgot my pole at camp or some other excuse. And he'd go back to bed. These were the early days,
2: <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, early days.
0: So, so that first time we went snagging and then I was there and that was probably my first time too. was around that same Yeah, I know for you frame, and me it was, mm-hmm. yeah. And when Ricky told me that he wants to go to Bass Pro Shop the next day to buy fishing gear, my mind was blown.
2: And we didn't waste any time. Brett's like, nope, we're going. We're going, we're going, we're going, we're going.
0: And uh, so what we ended up purchasing was the Bass Pro Shop snagging special reel and rod. Um, The reel was designed to hold 30-pound test line. The reel, yeah. (laughs) So we were catching... Between twenty to thirty, sometimes even forty pound carp. I mean, we were hogging in some big carp, especially the big heads. They were bigger than the silvers. Yeah, but the silvers fought a lot harder than the big head. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, we got our lines, or we got our rod. Re, for Pete's sakes, we got our reels <laughs> lined, <laughs> and we were we purchased uh, about one hundred twenty pound test line mm-hmm. for and a thirty pound. Like you said, a thirty-pound limit. (laughs) So you get this cheap reel because it is—it's a cheap reel—and you're catching twenty-plus-pound fish on it with line that's way bigger than what it's designed for. But you got one year's use or one one snagging season's use. Mm -hmm. By the end of that snagging season, our reels—the gears were stripped stripped completely, and uh, or handles are breaking. They
2: had and props to bass pro they have a very very generous warranty system on their on their gear and we yeah. and we took advantage of that several times
0: yeah the next uh go around we just we got brand new reels for the new yep. season that's good how many seasons did that go on i i'd we say in done th- that style of snagging in a while but i'd say we had done it until about 2013
2: i was gonna say at least two 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 sneezes, uh, <laughs> sneezing seasons. <laughs> Two sneezing. <laughs> Two snagging seasons worth. Yeah, spring and then uh, late fall.
0: Seasons open. Yeah, well, I, we haven't snagged consistently since then, just because we've just, been married, yeah, families life. and life. But yeah, for those three seasons, we we did well. We, we had to replace our reels about it right at the end of each one. Mm-hmm. So, but that's just the nature of. Being poor, I guess.
2: Yeah, what about you, Corey?
0: What was the question?
2: Just their first early experiences. Oh, first
1: early experiences snagging. Yeah. I think it was the same summer that I went snagging. It was the same summer that you guys did. It may have just been, not summer, September. Uh, uh, late summer. Late summer. It may have been, I don't know, one weekend before you guys went out. I don't know, it wasn't much because we had went out to the spot Went bow fishing a couple times, and we obviously were shooting carp. But we thought maybe we'd try to snag in that spot on the Mississippi River during snagging season. So it was about the same summer, and I i don't think I even bought a rod. I think I just borrowed you guys' rods. Because guy had one. Yeah. I mean, the, the, Between the, the area we it was, were,
2: it wasn't big enough to have more than really two rods. Yeah,
1: and the method that we use is very – strenuous on your body is there a name for that i call it the, the the hip flexor method or something i want to call it the uh the yankin pull the yankin pull i don't yeah. know if that uh if is that's that bad, the correct method <laughs> that bad connotations with that i don't know but it worked yeah I mean, it's probably more like a row of wor- yeah that's a, oh, a side row method mm-hmm. maybe because you so essentially you just tighten your line you reel it up to where it's taut and then your your pull's kind of in a, a little bit of a downward position. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of pulling it up across your body, like yeah. from left to right. The and pull swinging. sets
2: on the left or
1: whatever side of hand you are, the yeah. left side of your, your your hip. Yeah. And you just use your whole body. and just basically just open your hips up to the right, and that pulls the hook up. And you just drag it through the water. And almost uh, from, from the bottom position, the hook is essentially trying to pull upwards. Mm-hmm to grab the fish. So, yeah, a row, a row method? A row method, yeah. Sounds That's right. That's probably the most
0: appropriate term <clears throat> <Yeah>. for it. <laughs> the, um, old the old uh, yanking yeah. <laughs> pool. For me, snacking was a huge learning curve because I've never in my life used a bait caster. And for those who don't really know what a bait caster is... It's a, not an easy it, reel to it's, master. It's nothing like your t- traditional closed face, which is like what Mike, I guess, would... A lot of people would think of a fishing reel. If you're not familiar with angling, um, then the open face, which I prefer, where you flip the bail and hold the line and cast. That's my preferred method. But the bay caster, you literally, it's it's quite much. It's quite a bit larger. It's kind of like a drum shape, and you have to keep your thumb on the line, and you, you got to, you know, give everything you have to get that crap to move. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so awkward at first. Like my first few throws, I just through behind me or through like two inches in front of me. and Right. But it's still it's still not a method I like. You know, I, I enjoyed snagging, but it was strenuous. And, you know, after like 50 casts, you, I was pretty well yeah. done. Yeah, where's you know, he out yeah, Absolutely. It, the rod is as tall as you are, for
1: one. The weight is you're putting at least a pound, if not two pounds of weight on the line, and then you're trying to sling the hook out there. And then you're using a baitcaster, so it's like a, basically you use it as a slingshot or a catapult mm-hmm. situation. So you, you're letting your line dangle when you're throwing it from the bank. Basically throw it back to where it has its momentum, and then you throw it forward. Obviously, with that momentum is what takes it out. But the hard part is guiding that with your thumb, with this baitcaster reel, uh, basically your thumb guides the line as it goes out to let it not get too loose or too tight, basically. Mm-hmm. So it can go out there and as far as possible and as smooth as possible. It doesn't,
2: cause I, the issues that we ran into a lot was, was the, when the, the actual line would start to knot up mm-hmm. and that was the big issue. Yeah. Bird nesting. Bird <laughs> nesting like right in front of you and it'd be terrible, you know?
0: Yeah, and I, I kind of forgot about that. The, your thumb has to guide the line as you cast out to prevent that burn nest. Mm-hmm. And that's why Corey asked if you burn your thumb because the first few casts before it got wet from the moisture of the water, mm. it really would burn the crap out of your thumb yeah. until you like, had it's a like cowlish there. Burn.
2: And those are learning experiences because what I would do, and this is for anybody that's going to use this, our, our HIP method, the row method is... I I'd do small cast out into the water mm-hmm. and then just get the water, the, the line wet and just reel it up. Just do it again. A little further each time. A little time. further each time. And then you can go for the the home run. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but first couple times when you, when you rock that reel with the the dry line, man, that
1: whoo. Yeah. I made that mistake <laughs> when I, few times. the first time that I went out there, cause I saw a sky just heaving this line mm-hmm. like a hundred yards out. And I'm like, how did the world did he throw it that far? So I started watching him how he was basically using that swing and just let the momentum take it. And I tried that on a, a brand new pole that hadn't even been used yet that day. And I went for the home run and got a rope burn on my thumb. Yeah. It hurts so <laughs> bad.
0: <laughs> so it's it's just a it's a very physical form of fishing. Probably the, the most physical mm-hmm. fishing Absolutely. that I've ever been a
2: part of. Mm-hmm. Yep. During the summertime, like
0: bring water. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. When it's late September and it's still ninety seven degrees outside.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's physical, whether you're doing the row method on the bank or if you're using the boat method. I mean if you have rod holders, that's one thing, but if you're if you are the rod holder, yeah. then uh it's it's a very very challenging fishing, which makes it awesome when you haul in a seventy five pound. So, or whatever. So, uh,
2: since you mentioned that, what would be the, what's the method of, uh, the methodology if you're in
1: a boat, uh, what do you guys t- tend to do? Well, we, me and my buddy, Jeff, Jordan and Tim and Brett has been on this adventure too. We, uh, we learned as we went too. so two years ago we went and we just thought we would use our nylon braided line. Uh, we'd put two hooks on, which I don't know the f- official name for the tie of the hook, but essentially your, instead of your hook being at the bottom of the line, the weight is at the bottom of the line. And then you tie the hooks up from there and you put two of them on and it's like a, a form of a slipknot. But anyway, so you put it on there and we just trolled. So we put them in rod holders and we let the weight just kind of bob at the bottom of the ground because you want the weight at the bottom of the lake. So it bounces off the trees rather than your hook. 'Cause if your hook bounces off of your trees at the right. bottom, you're gonna snag. So that's that's the the idea of that. But what we found out is that line isn't moving up in an upward position to snag fish. It's basically staying planed out at the bottom of the lake, so it has to hit them just right. So it's not pulling upward to grab their fin or whatever they stomach, rip them open, <laughs> whatever the case may be. So what most people do when they when they use weights. And we're talking two pounds of weight on your line. When people are using weights, they are generally doing that row method, and it's not a it's not a side to side method. It's a down and basically over your head method. So they'll sit in a position like you're going to row a, you know, a, a canoe, uh, right. competition rowing or whatever you want to call it. We're using your legs, your whole body. You let the the tip of the pole down. And then you get your line tight, and then you just pull it straight up over your head. And talk about physical. We tried it for a little bit, and I mean, it wore me out within five minutes. I was I was mm. toast. So was these guys, I watch them out there do it, and they're just doing it all day long. And I was like, nope, not for me. <laughs> I want to go out there and enjoy sitting down, just riding on a boat, going four miles an hour. Yep, and not having to do that.
0: Yeah. And your first outing on the lake, how many? pennile fish you guys hooked that day we only
1: caught two and i went down there with a guy that i work with who's very familiar with the area and he was kind of showing us the ropes at the beginning but he kind of left us but anyway (laughs) they were catching fish left and right and we only caught two and it took a long time to even catch the first one and i i think it's because we were not using either the proper method or the proper tackle because the second fish that we caught i caught And how I caught it was I was releasing the bale out from the side of the boat. And as the line was going down, I was just basically guessing what, you know, 100 feet would be. I was just counting in my head. And then as soon as I flipped the bale to tighten the line, I hit the fish. So it wasn't even from the bottom. It was as it was going down. And then when I flipped the bale, I guess the line pulled back up. And that's when I snapped. It was fun. But the... Other way that we decided to try last year, which proved to be more successful, was the Dipsy Diver method or Dream Weaver method, which is a similar product. And that was way more enjoyable because you can just sit there and watch the lines and you still have to kind of hold on to them just to make sure they don't rip off the rod holders like it did last year once. Right.
2: And that begs the question, what is a Dipsy Diver?
0: (laughs) Well... Brett, do you want to take this one? So the Dipsy Diver was is literally a uh, what was it, an 8-ounce weight of a disc. It's, so it's a disc-shaped weight that you attach to the line, and so um, it acts as a plane, so when the, it's in the water, the water pushes on top of the disc, forcing the disc downward. and um, It has a mechanism that pins to the line. It's hard to describe without... So it's kind of like a Almost like a mouse trap, I guess it, it clamps the line in. If I recall, it's been since last year since we used it, and that's designed so when you hit the fish, that will pop. And because otherwise, that that dipsy diver acts very—it's almost a resistance. So when you're reeling and uh, it doesn't pop, you have that extra weight to it. It almost feels like you're hauling in a fish. Mm. So, um, so it was great for that. Although there were some issues we had, like sometimes we didn't tighten that mechanism up where that holds the string, so it pop immediately and it go limp, or we had it so tight that they wouldn't pop. Mm-hmm. So you'd be fighting a fish, plus the dipsy diver making, you know, a forty pound fish feel like he's a hundred pound. Yeah, yeah,
1: because it acts as almost like a parachute in the water if it doesn't, It just it holds the. Yeah. So, just, so my question was
2: going to be, what's the the comparison as to just the drop method versus the Dipsy Diver method.
1: I'm a big fan of the Dipsy Diver after last year. That we were more successful. We caught Does it, more fish.
2: In terms of maybe, uh, I'm trying to say here, uh, effectiveness, what what, what what in your opinions, by using them, what, what caused it to be more effective than the other method that you guys had tried the season prior?
0: I think the Dipsy Diver got it deeper. I think just the way it's shaped and the way the water pulls it down. Um, it just went deeper, so you had more opportunity to get those fish that were right. Did it know. did it minimize snag? Like, like,
2: not fish snagging, but like actual getting hooked on stuff at the bottom. Did it minimize things like that? Or Corey would have to answer that. Cut one? lines, or uh, well, you were
0: there. Snag- well, I didn't use. I was there a season prior, so I didn't use. I oh. can't compare. Right, right.
1: I mean, yeah, I'd say it was a little better than the year before on snagging, but. That I mean, you still get snagged, but it seems like when you snag with the dipsy diver, you can almost get it out, hmm. or with a with the weight that just wraps around. Where this one just kind of maybe gets nudged in there a little bit, and you can kind of pop it out. But hmm. with those dials, did you talk about that? The dial on the left and right. No, I was going to get to that. No, point, sorry, that's all right. Uh, that would be another difference between a weight using the dial. So what they do is you can turn it to the right or to the left, and that that Dipsy Diver will trail to the right of the boat or the left of the boat based on that dial it put. So you can't get that with a weight. So you can spread your lines out from the back of the boat and not get them tangled over each other.
0: Right. The dial is basically like a little rudder on the bottom of the mm-hmm. Dipsy Diver. And you can, like he was saying, you can shift it. So on your right and left, they will stay away from the ones in the center. You know, they'll they'll keep their track, you know. Um, yeah, they track way better than a weight. Right. The only time I guess I used weights on a boat was when we fished the Mississippi probably 2 year or a year or two before they went to the lake. And I do remember what Corey's talking about. The whole time that pole felt like it was going to rip out of your hands. Hmm. Which you did not have that with the Dipsy Diver. It was way smoother. With the weight it just your pole was constantly bouncing. It was hard to tell if you had a fish or you were just hitting debris under the water yeah when you're pulling up two pounds
1: of weight every time you reel it in you're exhausted with the dipsy diver it's a half a pound like you said and when that when you flip that mechanism on the <laughs> dipsy diver <laughs> what it's called I'm sorry the know, mechanism yeah. it makes it feel like it's only half a pound if it's clicked on like I said it it's like pulling all the water with it so it acts mm. as a parachute but when you click it out, then you're only pulling a half a pound as opposed to two pounds through the water. So it makes it a lot better for reeling in. For uh, budget-conscious uh, snagging folk,
2: are Dipsy Divers a cheap method, or is it more on the expensive
1: end? I don't think anything in the snagging is very cheap, except for the snagging special at <laughs> Pass Pro. <laughs> yeah. 59 But uh No, they're pretty expensive, but... You can get them. So I get mine from TackleHaven.com, and I use Dreamweaver, which is a little bit of a different product than a true Dipsy Diver, which is actually used mainly for, uh, what am I trying to say, musky. So that's what they use for musky mm. um, up up north. But the Dreamweaver I buy, was it? They're $11 a piece. So I mean you're putting eleven dollars on your right. on your hook every time, but when you put on two pounds of lead weight, I mean, you're talking four dollars every half pound or something. <laughs> so it really it really equals about the same.
0: And it's way more efficient, I think. I think my dipsy divers were thirteen last year. The closer you get to season, the they higher go they up, go up. Yeah. yeah. And I goofed by
2: waiting too long. Now are there uh are there certain sizes that they recommend?
1: Um uh, don't know the one that we use is a size
2: four size four size four those are the ones that donnie would uh Mm. recommend yeah
1: and i use the wonder bread one only because it
0: looks like wonder bread yeah i had about four or five of those and i i so i bought four or five of them at the end of the day i had none left Mm. (laughs) you go through them you really do yeah but i mean so there was four of us on the boat. And we caught four petal fish. So that was one fish per person. And we could have probably caught more, but we ended the day. um, We didn't pursue any further, but that was a fun trip, I have to say.
1: Yeah, one fish per person. That's pretty good because they're not easy to catch. I mean, you got to think about you're literally throwing an empty hook out there, not attracting any fish, just hoping that you run into one. In a giant... Giant lake. Yeah, Lake of the Ozarks, not small. Thankfully, though, it's kind of narrow, so you can do several passes in an area when you're marking fish, and you know, obviously it helps your odds a little bit, but it's not great odds to put two hooks on a line trying to hook a fish going four miles an hour just randomly at the bottom of the lake. Yeah, that's true. So there is, there is a technique and skill and then a lot of luck <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah when you're fishing out the bank is is also the same case it, it's almost pure luck that you hit something i mean you just know like when you're trout fishing or bass fishing you can kind of gauge where the fish might be in certain holes or whatever whereas snag is you literally throw into an open body of water and you yank the hook and hope you bump something and in, in the river we seem to hit carp mostly like which is good though yeah get those yeah get a lot of those out. things out of there because like rick said last time um we probably killed 50 60 f- carp all invasive asian carp i don't mm-hmm. think anybody's shedding any tears no
2: no not at all so it, it, it reminded me of a not remind me but i thought of a question while we we're talking about this uh for those that want to try snagging and we've talked about kind of the expensive way of going to the lake because obviously you have to have a boat truck all that stuff if someone's trying to get into like we did several years ago what, what's the best best method that uh, they can do that cheapest and most effective
1: uh probably bank fishing buying your snagging special getting size 12 hooks as that's what we use size 12 they're Trouble hooks a ginormous treble hook as big as your hand don't let them go through your hand though that almost happened remember when was that you that casted <laughs> almost yeah and you it got bailed up in the line and it, that line came back right at me oh just, like a
2: shot right back no it, I was I think I was snagged in the water mm, and I was trying to pull
1: <laughs> and I just pull I really pulled my hand up to block my face and I squeezed my hand at the same time and yeah. I caught that hook and two of the barbs got down into my skin but thankfully not underneath the barb mm. but two out of the three hooks hit my and if I didn't grab it, I would have went straight through my yeah, hand.
2: That was a so be very careful. Yeah. So we use twelve hooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we overshot it on the line as far as uh, test, but you don't need unless you're like snagging
1: sharks or something. You really don't need anything more than fifty no, pound the, test, right? The nylon braided line is. They have a test rating, but you can probably exceed that by not double, but I'd say half. Yeah. Of the actual weight that it's tested for. Just based on it being a braided line and you're hogging in, you know, it's like pulling a rope. Mm-hmm. No, the, and sna- and spoonbill actually don't really fight all that well. It's like pulling in a dead weight for the most part. That is true. So, I had that one that did fight, but for mm-hmm. the most part they just kind of, oh man. I mean, yeah. if you hit them in the I'm tail, caught. I guess they probably would. <laughs> of, oh man. <laughs> of
0: all the fish that we snagged, you could kind of tell if you had a spoonbill and a big head because they felt like you are pulling in a log. But it's the silver carp. Those are like, the ones that fight. Them if, suckers fight. If you want a, a, a fight, you can snag a 25-pound silver carp. I'm pretty sure one brought Corey to his knees. Just about.
1: Well, I didn't know. he was. On, I mean, I, I hooked him, and then it just went limp, so I thought it it got off. So I basically put the pole down. I was holding it very loosely in my hands, and then it hit again, and it about pulled the rod and me into the water. That was uh kind of
0: scary. But I got him. So that fish, core that you pulled up was like a 25-pound silver carp, probably one of the biggest I'd seen that year. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you hogged it up and held it by the pl- – Corey had pliers in its mouth, like some hefty pliers holding it up. And this guy whips out his uh, replica of the Crocodile Dundee knife and even says the quote, now that's a knife. And then in one swing, cuts that fish in half like butter. Are you serious? <laughs> Yeah. Crocodile Dundee
1: literally had a really good knife. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And,
0: and that, that was a monster fish. And that knife,
2: it was like it's no like resistance. How do you think Leonidas would have been on that fish?
1: Leonidas broke on a block of wood. Yeah. Stupid. It did cut soda cans in half like butter, have. though. That was cool.
0: It was a... Yeah. If you if you want to know what we're talking about, Ricky, you had a sword called Leonidas. It was a gladius sword, like a Roman gladius. You could see that sword in our montauk 2015 video if you wish you can even see it when the tip breaks <laughs> brand new <spanking laughs> <"No."> oh man <laughs> <laughs> so um since we kind of got a lot of the tackle and technicalities mm-hmm. let's talk about like some me- good memories we had doing it if we before we do that though ricky you had
1: asked me for someone who's a beginner where do they go yeah i never yeah. did I was, say where to go i said say, like, what to use and what to buy
2: Right. Uh-huh. Obviously, it's different per state, but like we're if in with within snagging season, where is the best place to yeah. uh, go
1: by uh, dams? So, like around here, there's a couple dams. If you can go by a dam in the Mississippi River, so we're closer to the Mississippi than we are at the Lake of the Ozarks. And but there's also the Missouri River. I mean, there's a there's the Janes River, or whatever that guy caught that state record in. There's the there's Illinois River up in yeah. Illinois. Yeah. I mean, there's a if you can go to a river that has where the dam meets, whether it's the top side or the bottom side of the dam where that water's starting to swirl around, that's a lot of times where the, where the spoonbill like to to hang out. So you can, most of those places are open to the public to get along the, the bank near those dam areas. And that's a great spot to try from the yeah, bank the and public asset mm-hmm. access points. Yeah. And that would be very inexpensive compared to getting a boat, driving all the way down there, all that good stuff.
0: No, a Dipsy Diver would not be good for bank fishing. Probably just the drop
1: method or the... The trolling. Yeah, trolling behind a boat, Dipsy Diver all day, but bank fishing, the the old yank and pull. (laughs) (laughs) No. The row method. The row method. Yeah, the swivel hip row method.
2: All right, and I don't uh, if you do have a boat I don't have enough experience on the water to want to uh, whole troll out there by the dam so I I don't think I would do that I we don't
1: we don't hang by the dam
2: I know our uncles my dad and our uncles mm-hmm. you know, obviously your dad's they all did that and I, I don't think I would
1: they
0: got stuck in the dam they did yeah, they got locked in because their motor went out right <laughs> yeah now funny story though Corey. Jeff, Sky, and I were in the Mississippi snagging, and uh, we ran into a a submerged sandbank we didn't see. So we're literally in the middle of the river, and we're stuck. Where the channel should be? Like, you'd think there would be a channel there? Well, it looks like it should be, but no, it wasn't. I mean, the dam was... We could see the dam. I mean, we weren't, like, right up on it. We were several hundred yards away. Did you
2: follow the buoy system?
0: See where... the channel was no? I didn't
1: get my license yet at that point. Oh, okay. My boating license for Missouri. Okay, well, we Jeff. relied
2: on
0: Jeff, so
1: it says you don't have to have one for the rivers. I know.
0: But yeah, we were we were stranded there for quite a while. We had to take an an oar that he had basically, <laughs> like a t th- two foot oar that I don't even know why he had it, but we used that to dig ourselves out.
1: Yeah. Mind you, the boat weight limit was five hundred pounds or four people capacity. And we had the four person capacity but we were well <laughs> over 500 pounds i mean yeah. normally you stick your hand over the boat and then way down you touch the water the water you
0: just, it was just like you know you we were actually out. below the water line yeah just we were pushing the water away from us so it didn't go in the boat <laughs> so when we hit that
1: that sandbar it was yeah it was pretty sketchy
0: hmm. it's also nothing more fun than Riding along, hoping to snag a fish and silver carp come from every direction, just flying out of the water at you. Have you ever experienced that?
2: No. I've, I mean, I it's, I have buddies that would go on the Illinois River, and they'd, they'd do that. But I've seen videos of other people skiing behind a boat and having a sword in their right yeah, hand. those <laughs> guys are doing it from the
1: Illinois River, I think. Yeah, well,
2: yeah, it's it's a hotbed, but no, I've never.
1: In the Peoria area?
2: Mm-hmm. I've never uh,
1: experienced the. Yeah, it's kind of like when you go in the ocean and there's dolphins jumping
0: up behind you, except they jump in the boat and try to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and then the big one lands in the boat and just like, don't kill it because they will bleed on my carpet. And we're like, what do you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, wash my. the carpet.
0: Oh, man.
1: But, and they're not as pretty as dolphins either. No, no,
0: they're pretty ugly. And <laughs> I, I, I've seen them hit Corey in the chest. I mean, I know we've... We get our fists up like we're getting a fight when they start flying because you had to punch them to keep them from whacking in the face. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of reminds me of a story.
1: Me, Jeff, Jordan, and my wife Emily were we weren't snagging that trip. We were actually trying to find catfish, but setting trout lines. We go back into what we call the Carp Cove because it's a great spot to hit the motor in the water and shoot fish from these silver fish as they jump out of the water. We go back there and there was nothing going on. And we're telling Emily about this carp code that we call it. There's just tons of carp in. So we go in there and nothing's happening. Finally, one jumps up and then another jumps up and I try to shoot it with the bow, but miss. And then out of nowhere, probably 200 carp come flying out of the water from wow. every direction, all over the boat, hitting me in the face. I'm trying to get another arrow, the arrow knocked again, but I can't because I'm, keeping them from hitting me in the face. Were you protecting Emily at this point? No, I was protecting myself, (laughs) but I was also at the front of the boat and she was in the middle seat, bench seat between Jeff and Jordan. And thankfully to those guys, thank you. They shielded her from getting smashed in the face with a slippery silver carp. True gentlemen. Yeah, they were, they were, (laughs) that was an interesting trip for sure.
2: My story that comes to mind Do you guys want to hear a good one or a bad one? What's what's both? Okay, so the antics of uh, of Rick always going fishing here. Uh, So the good ones, probably my first experience. Man, that was that lit a fire. That man, that didn't like that fire. That that first initial. Oh, we're snagging. We're gonna we're gonna hit it hard. That didn't die for like two years. Like it was a two straight snagging seasons worth of fire. I still have it, but you know, life circumstances just not as. I can't do as much, but. My bad memory. Uh, Brett and I, no one would want to go with us because it was, oh gosh, it was probably close to 100 degrees that day.
0: Yeah, it was, it was 2012
2: hot, and that was a record heat. It was a for hot the, September. Hmm. Yeah, my gosh, I couldn't believe it. But we got off of work, went out there and um, uh, first cast, I get snagged and I wasn't able to go into the water and retrieve it like I usually do. That just wasn't wasn't working with me, so... I was mad because I had to cut I had my I only had one hook, so I had to go to my car. (laughs) So I had to and there's a huge bank that we have to walk up and down. So I was very
0: steep with loose gravel.
2: Loose gravel. (laughs) Walk up to my car, have trouble finding the hooks. Finally find the hooks. I get it. First step on that hill. I tumble all the way down. Almost head over (laughs) hill, it seemed like. And I almost landed in the water. I was so mad. I, I think We lasted what twenty more minutes, maybe. Yeah, I was done after that. You said
0: a few words and few, uh, a few words and uh, starting back up to your car. I, I think it ended pretty close to right after that because it was hot and we were just I was
2: had a bad day at work and but yeah. So uh, those are probably my two favorite memories. Uh, But man, snagging when you guys, if you guys have luck catching fish, man, it's there's nothing like it. Nothing like it.
1: It's one of the best types of fishing that I think is overlooked. Absolutely. In the fishing world, I, I mean, a lot of people from even Missouri don't realize that you can basically catch oceanic fish in a in yeah. Missouri.
2: Because a spoonbill I mean, uh, that we're on this topic. The spoonbill is actually in the shark family. And if you look, it doesn't have scales. It's got, mm-hmm. I don't know, what is it called? Fi- uh, shark skin? I don't, <laughs> I don't know the scientific It doesn't have name. bones either. No. that's all cartilage. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting looking that's fish. It's the
0: closest thing I would consider to oceanic as you can get, I mean, just size and the look, and yeah, they're pretty weird looking, yeah. but the paddles are really cool. To yep,
1: yeah, I was like, I mean, it's pretty yeah. bizarre. Aside from the occasional tiger shark
2: swimming up the Mississippi, uh, you're thinking of bull, bull sharks. sharks, okay, bull sharks.
1: <laughs> Which one was caught in St. Louis? I mean, like 20 years ago, that's that creeps me up, probably snagging, <laughs> probably
0: <laughs> that would be an interesting catch. But if I'm gonna share a memory, um. We were snagging, and, and I was getting burnt out, so I decided to. Uh, and I always bring my catfish river rod with me, so we and my ultralight. So we were catching shad and using those for bait for catfish, and um, so we would caught like four or five shad and set them on the bank, and we were just taking them as needed and cutting them up. And, uh, and could you explain what shad is for those? They're they're just like small silverish fish. I don't they know. Bait cut a bait, bait fish. fish. Okay, yeah. Um, anyway, so Corey and I are cutting the fish up and, uh, I guess I was using my bowie knife to do it. And Cory's notices a very large water snake trying to eat one of our shad. I mean, the shad was bigger than what he could swallow. At least I don't, I can't imagine it swallowing this fish. I, but Corey grabs my bowie knife when his is still sheathed on his hip and he runs over to this snake. And just goes like Jason Voorhees on it. The first swipe cut the thing's head off. So he beheads the snake, and then he just goes psycho. He just keeps hacking at it, (laughs) and that blade's just whacking rocks and. And by the time I got my knife back, my blade had chunks missing. (laughs) Oops. And I was like, "Whoops!" I was like you had your knife like if you're gonna destroy a knife
1: <laughs> why destroy mine when no, i could but destroy that's, yours?
0: that's also the same day that
2: it was a really really nice afternoon and and we tried to start a fire and that big rainstorm came wasn't that the same day
0: i think it could have been the same because yeah, we
2: tried to start the fire
0: and all of a sudden boom, and then oh and the tornado siren went off yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that day that was very sketchy
1: that snake shouldn't try to eat that fish and i wouldn't have Killed it poor fella. Just wanted to. Oh, look at this. that was
0: our bait fish. <laughs> it was our. I don't think we caught a catfish, that. right? Actually, we I caught something, and when I set my hook, my river rod snapped in half.
1: Probably bull shark,
0: bull shark, bull shark,
1: definitely tiger a tiger shark.
0: shark it's definitely mm-hmm. a tiger shark, definitely but, a bull shark.
2: Yeah, overall, guys, um, uh, snagging like to me, it's it's snagging and trout fishing. Those are my two. Those are my two favorite types of uh, fish to catch. And uh, if you guys can, I highly recommend at least finding somebody, hopefully a friend of yours that has the equipment, but just go do it. I mean, it's, it's probably one of the funnest times you'll, especially when you're slaying. I'm like, we have.
1: Yeah. And the season opens here in like less than two
0: weeks now. It's March 15th. March 15th. Yeah. That's for river and lakes. There are there's special regulations depending on where you're fishing. Um, the Lake of the Ozarks is March 15th through uh, April 30th this year, and in Mississippi, let me get my. So Mississippi is March 15th through May 15th, and only Mississippi River, Missouri has a second season, which is why we were fishing in September, September 15th. Through December 15th. Yeah. And the regulations to keep a fish, so you're allotted two,
1: two spoonbill per person per day. And then I think four is your possession limit. possession yeah. limit. Um, but the, the regulations are it has to be 34 inches from the eye of the fish to the fork in its tail to keep it. And that's in the lakes. And I think the
0: rivers, it's smaller than that. The rivers, it's 24 inches from eye to fork and tail.
2: So you're not counting the the actual spoon on it. Right. Just
0: the the yeah.
1: panel itself does not count. Which would be awesome because that's like another two feet. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we enjoy it. Uh, buddy Jordan last year caught a 72-pound spoonbill. That's a big one. And, and Jordan, my buddy Jordan's a big man. He's 6'5". He's a big man, and he was struggling to bring that fish in.
2: How close in comparative to the state record was that? Uh, was
1: he
0: anywhere close? Half, half. <laughs> <laughs> I think the state record is 140 pounds in Missouri. That's correct. That's a, that's a big but one. 75 pounds or 72 pounds. That's still not a fish worth sneezing at. No, definitely not. It was so big that Jordan thought he had a snag and he was trying to break the snag loose, and it took him about a minute or two, at least two legit minutes before he realized that he had a fish yeah
1: he kept saying it's a snag kept shaking his head and then eventually he's like mm, i don't know i think it might
0: be a fish well when that thing surfaced <laughs> yeah our jaws dropped yeah like, i think it was i huge. cannot believe how big that fish was and that
1: was definitely the biggest any of us has ever caught the biggest of the day but the second biggest ended up being like 64 so it was a really nice size fish too you don't typically catch 60 plus pound spoonbill just willy-nilly no it's kind of a i don't know about rare but it's not real common either typically you're gonna catch 40 pound spoonbill It's pretty average i'd say
2: it's about probably those 60 pounders are probably like catching a three pounder or, mm. or a two pounder right. over in montauk it's yeah you can do it but it's not as
1: common yeah 80 pounders are very rare 90 pounders are you probably get something in the paper and hundred pounds plus than you're it's a unicorn <laughs> kind of like <laughs> with that spoon speaking of state records you guys hear about that guy from Oklahoma
0: I have not heard this no. story no
1: so this guy so their season opened up like a few weeks ago and in Oklahoma there's a regulation and I don't remember exactly which two days it is but I know one of them's Friday so I think it's a Friday and a Monday or a Friday and a Sunday but on those days in Oklahoma. At least this time of year, you have to catch and release on those two days. So this guy goes fishing on a Friday, and he's snagging for Spoonbill and some lake over there. I don't know. And he hooks into a fish, <laughs> pulls it in. It weighs 137 pounds, which is a new state record by at least 12 pounds in the state of Oklahoma. But since it was a Friday, he has to release it and doesn't go into the books. <laughs> That just, would just seem my
2: luck, right? It just seems weird that that's even a thing. Like, I guess it's the law, though. It just seems, yeah,
0: I don't understand.
1: Strange, yeah. I don't know. So, if even if it. he
0: has video or photography, like mm-hmm. photo evidence,
1: yep, he has photo evidence of him with the fish and with the scale, and it kept bouncing around 137.3 and 137.9 or something. So, it was like 137 pounds. And he doesn't go in the books because he went on a Friday. Why go on a Friday? Like, what's the point?
0: Well, could you really imagine yourself snagging a 137 no. pound fish? I mean, no. he learned a valuable lesson, though, boys. So never go on Fridays. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean,
1: obviously, he wasn't there for meat purposes. Otherwise, he would not be there on a Friday. So you're only going on a day that you know you have to release a fish in hopes to catch a really
0: big fish, but hopefully not too big of a fish. Then you don't get the state record, <laughs> right? Yeah, with spoonbill, the releasing when you're snagging that I've seen what those hooks do to the fish. Yeah, releasing it seems pointless to me because some of those would die if we released them. I mean, just depending on where they get hooked, I guess. But
1: Yeah, their skin's very soft and just rips open like human probably mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't have the scales <laughs> to stop the hook yep. just zips it right open
0: all righty um any other final thoughts or anything uh, i'm
1: going to iowa deer classic this weekend so i will let you guys know how that goes go up there with some buddies hopefully get some some guests speakers to come on our show eventually
0: mm-hmm. That'd be nice. That'd be a good uh,
1: way for our channel to grow, hopefully. Definitely. So if you guys see me up there, say hello. Although most of you don't know what I look like or know who I am or probably listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care about this. How many how many followers we got on on Twitter now? 3. Ooh, every time we've done this, we went from 0 to 1 to 2 to th- Number 3. Wow. So maybe after this Connor one Connor
2: and your
0: Oh, wow. Yep. Well, <laughs> I didn't even know Mom had a Twitter. Thanks, Aunt Donna. Yeah,
1: I had no idea. But maybe next week we'll have four. Maybe. It'll be like your brother or something.
0: Yeah, there we go. Um, we also have Instagram. Our, our name is hooked underscore OD underscore podcast. Um, you can follow us there. We have 197 followers. So. We we'll keep floating at
1: 197. Like we'll get to 198, and then we'll drop back to 197. Yeah.
0: Whoever keeps leaving and coming back, just stay. Would you? What's the matter with we you? We got more content coming out. We promise.
1: And Twitter
2: is hooked outdoors, or outdoors hooked.
0: Outdoors hooked.
1: <laughs> Still haven't fixed it. It <laughs> doesn't matter. We don't have any followers. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares about Twitter except for Chad or whatever his name is. Connor. 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 Thanks, Connor.
0: Is he someone we know or is he just uh... someone i know oh now. okay yeah. and then um we also you can follow us on broadca- <laughs> tripod broadcast tripod broad Tripodbroadcasting.com tripod and Dot we're on com. all uh,
2: uh podcast apps Google iTunes I Spotify. Believe stitcher Spotify stitcher I believe stitcher I
0: think i don't know what i don't even know what most of this stuff is so there are uh, podcast outlets Okay, so we're in all of that as well. Yep. Um, you can also follow us on YouTube. That's all I got. <laughs> all
2: right, well, we'll see you guys uh, uh, next time around. Yep, see you next week-ish, probably. Yep. Sometime next week.